I uh, follow the, the church on course with my dad, you know, being the pastor and all. Uh, I get to talk to him on Sundays, but I do follow the podcast, and so it's kind of cool to be here and see the place where I listen to the message every week. And a beautiful place. It's been neat to sit here and listen to you um, express what I'm gonna what I'm gonna talk to you about tonight. You obviously know already, and uh, to hear to hear you talk about the Lord Jesus and what He's done for you, and uh, it's very cool to see. I love this time of the year. Do you guys love this time of the year? Autumn, the fall, such a great time. It's my favorite time of the year, you know. Uh, just look forward to it coming. And I love everything about it, especially when pumpkin spice lattes go for sale at Starbucks. <laughs> you guys drink coffee and love that time of the year. It came out September the 2nd this year, I noticed. Um, asked them, you know, when's that going to happen? When are you guys going to start selling that? So I look forward to that time. Apple picking. We, we didn't get out apple picking this year, did we, Elizabeth? We didn't, she's not listening to me. We didn't get out apple picking this year, but I love to, and, uh, but we didn't do it. Uh, but we got a lot of apples, and that's just something else I love about fall and uh, about autumn time. And this is such a great time of the year. Thanksgiving is kind of coming to a close. Did it snow here today? It kind of spit snow on our way up here. And our heater broke in our car. So we're driving, we're driving up here, and uh, the heater's not working, or the blower's not working. And uh, it's starting to snow. It's like perfect, you know. A couple days ago, 65 degrees, and now it's snowing. But I, love, I do love this time of the year. And you get to this time of the year, and the leaves are gone, and, you know, the, the, cool, the colder weather starts to kind of come in. But it's, the, uh, it's kind of the, you know, the... The crescendo. Thanksgiving is kind of the crescendo, if you will, to one of the most beautiful times of the year. I love autumn. And uh, we're stepping out of the door to come here tonight, and I, uh, one of the neighbors of uh, my parents, were, were, they were burning wood. And just a beautiful smell of, of, of burning wood. And that reminds me of fall. I love it. I want to read to you a little, a little quote here, and uh, it has to do with apples. You may have heard this before, but I think it's just a piece of work. An apple is a miracle, a marvel and a wonder of God's powerful creativity. In the three or four minutes it takes to eat an apple, you have experienced the patience of winter snows, the promise of springtime blossoms, the product of warm summer days, and a piece of autumn in the palm of your hand. Isn't that great? Have you ever heard that before? Nobody's ever heard it? A few people? A good writer wrote that. I think that was actually my dad who wrote that piece about apples. And uh, I get, you know, obviously get a lot of his stuff, but when I saw that one come across, I thought, man, that is good. Sometimes as, uh, as boys, we call dad a gun. He's a gun. I mean, he's great. And uh, I think that one was awesome. I love that quote, and and uh, and I love to I love I love fall, love autumn, and uh, reminds me of growing up because I didn't realize how how often um, we lived around agriculture when I was younger. We really did. We grew up in the country, and you know it hasn't been until recently when I think back about it how how much that formed who I am. And uh, and you have countryside around here. How far do you have to drive till? Not far? 
I always come up, you know, come up 75 and or 94 straight in here. So, but um, I love the countryside, and we grew up on either on a farm or in the country, close to a farm. When I uh, when I got old enough, I got a, a job on a dairy farm, and uh, so really, you know, without thinking about much about it, my my life was kind of shaped a lot by farming. And growing up, our family, we lived on this in this beautiful place in the middle of nowhere. It really was. It was on Rutledge Road in uh, in Howard, Ohio. And you had to drive through the, the hillside, the hillsides, and you had to cross a couple rivers and then turn down Rutledge Road, and it was a dead-end road. And back in the, uh, in the 1800s or early 1900s, the bridge that went over the Kokosing River, the road passed our house, Rutledge Road passed our house, and uh, it went along kind of a ridge to one side of the road. There was a, hill, a steep hillside, and to the, to the other side, it was a steep bank down to uh, the creek, which ran into the river, Kokosing River. And back in the uh, late 1800s, the bridge washed out. There was a big flood that came through. The bridge washed out, and they never rebuilt the bridge. And so the road became a dead end at our, at our farm where we lived. And, uh, but they, can, they never, you know, the roadbed stayed there. And so there was a beautiful trail. Anytime we wanted to walk about probably a mile or so back this trail to the river, it was a beautiful, beautiful walk. I remember one day specifically, in a fall, an autumn never goes by, fall never goes by without this memory coming to my mind. Um, it was just one, one beautiful, uh, beautiful day. The sun was shining, and uh, it was you know one of those perfect fall days. There's not, there's not a whole lot of them, and uh, so you got to kind of take, you got to take them when they come. And I think that's what my dad. He probably noticed that. And, uh, and he took me for a walk. I don't remember anybody else with us. I think it was just my, just Dad and I, and uh, Dad and me. And we went. We walked back the lane. And as you were walking back, you know the the sun, the shadows were kind of throwing like a dapple along the along the uh, the trail there. And we got to a certain point, and he stopped me, and uh, kind of stood there. And there was this clearing, and we turned with the back with our backs to the hillside. We were looking out over the valley from this trail. It was a beautiful, beautiful sight. And you looked down, and you could see the river going by. The creek was flowing into the Kokosing River, and the sun was bouncing off of that. And you looked out over the valley, and there was just a beautiful sea of corn and a beautiful valley. It was a, it was a neat picture. And we just stood there kind of quietly for a few minutes, I remember. And Dad always has New Testament with him. And so he pulled his New Testament out, had Psalms in it, and he, this is what he read. He probably read the whole thing, but I remember verse 9 through 13 of Psalm 65. You visit the earth and water it. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its furrows abundantly, settling its ridges, softening it with showers and blessing its growth. You crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. The pastures of the wilderness overflow. The hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. The valleys deck themselves with grain. They shout and sing together for joy. Is that awesome or what? It was really awesome standing there in the clearing, looking out over exactly kind of what this was describing. It was beautiful. I love autumn. 
I have this thought at, at Autumn. I think it should be a thought each one of us think. It's a very simple but life-changing truth. And I sat over here and just heard many of you express the fact that you understand this already. But that simple truth, I really believe, is this. God is good. God is very good. God is so good to us. And the creation around us just screams that. Everything, from an apple to, you know, a valley full of corn to a beautiful building, beautiful church like this, full of people praising the Lord for what he's done for them. It's an awesome thing. God is so good. And that's what this psalm says. There on that same farm that we lived on, we looked forward to fall for a number, number of reasons. One, though, was uh, because we knew that when the corn, you know, when it, got, when it was dried up and it became, um, it became brown, that it wasn't long before the farmer who farmed the property there where we lived, he would send the guy to combine the, uh, the corn. <clears throat> and we loved that. It was like a big event. You know, we were homeschooled, and uh, we lived out here on this farm, and it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. When I think back about it, it's like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, that's how I grew up. But we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a lot happen. We didn't have a TV. Um, you know, it was kind of exciting when the mailman came every day. We looked forward to that. And so if you can imagine the guy coming to combine the corn down, it was like, I mean, they might as well, if they had brought the circus, we wouldn't have been happier. You know, it was just like, wow, we got, we get to actually, you know, I think mom, she would cancel school there for us for that day. And we'd all head out there and watch the guy just combine. And I've got to, you know, as I think back about it, I think about what that looked like. There's, you know, how many of us at that time? I think I remember through, you know, five, four, five, six of us kids sitting out there on the grass watching this guy combine his corn. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty funny. And, but I remember one, one, of the, one of the falls, one autumn, he must have kind of sensed, you know, that, that we looked up to him, admired him, because I remember he stopped his combine. And uh, he came over and he asked us if we wanted to take a ride. And, and it was a, I remember it was a, was it a John Deere? I think it was a John Deere combine that he had. And, uh, and so, you know, mom let us, dad let us jump up in there and ride with him. And, and he had a buddy seat. That's what he called it, a buddy seat. Have you guys ever been in a combine? Tractors? And he had a buddy seat there. It was pretty cool. It was like made for, you know, uh, made for somebody to kind of sit there with you and ride along. And so we did. We each got like a couple passes where we got to ride with this guy in his combine. And I just remember thinking, how does that happen? He runs over the corn. It cuts it down. You know, the corn kind of comes through the combine and it gets pulled off of the, the cob, the corn cob, and just the kernels fall into an auger and they go into a big bin behind us. I remember thinking that was pretty awesome. And we would sit there and we would look in the, I would look out, I remember looking in the window, you know, out the window of the combine, looking in that hopper, that big bin, and just the corn just falling into that bin. I mean, just thousands and thousands of kernels of corn coming from that valley where we lived. And I remember at that time, I was just 10, I remember being amazed, thinking, wow, this is amazing. It's so cool. This corn starts off like you could see it when it came up in the spring, tiny, tiny little, 
you know, plant grew to be a big one. Corn, and now it's like we're harvesting the corn. It's fallen into this bin, and then he would, you know, he'd get full enough. He'd drive over to the side where he had his his uh, another tractor parked with these gravity wagons, and he'd dump it into there, and that would become so full. You just watch the corn just fall into these corn bins, and it's just an amazing thing to me. And I watch that now too. I did the other day. I was driving through the country and. You know, now in Indiana, we live down in, in Indiana, and uh, that's just like corn country down there. And uh, not quite as, quite as good as Iowa, or, but it's getting there. And, and just watch that, you know, those, those combines go along in the field, and they, they actually now they'll combine and have the tractor following alongside of them. You've seen that happen, and there's so much corn, it falls. It's just an, an amazing thing to me. But every time I think about those things or I see that, it reminds me of that one simple truth. The truth that's repeated in all throughout Scripture. We could, we could just pretty much open the Bible anywhere and see this truth, that God is good. And you guys know that truth very well. I can tell. But it's something we cannot ever forget because it's life-changing. Simple, but life-changing. God is good. My dad has introduced us to many, uh, many cool things. Some good music and over the years and good food and good literature. As you know, Dad, probably he loves to read. And uh, he found this guy. He's an Amish farmer. Has anybody heard of David Klein? You guys heard of this guy, David Klein? He's written a few books, but this one is Great Possessions, an Amish farmer's journal. And uh, it's beautiful all throughout it. But uh, he has a chapter here in this book called The Mysteries of Migration. And that's something you see in autumn. Have you ever seen the, like a flock of geese flying in a V or other birds flying south? They all leave this area, or most of the birds leave the north around this time of the year. And he writes a whole chapter on the, the mysteries of, of migrating birds. Have you ever stopped and thought about birds that migrate? It's an amazing thing, really. And uh, and he writes a whole chapter on it, and he says, you know, certain things that you've probably heard before, that most birds, when they fly south, they, uh, when they come back north, they come to the same trees. They nest in the same trees as when they left. And so that the, the, the birds that you see in your front yard or your backyard in the spring and in the summer, that you don't see in the winter, when they come back the next spring or summer, that's, those are most likely the same birds from the year before. I think that's an amazing thing, and he writes a lot about that in this chapter. But I'm going to read you the last section here, and it says this. It's, it is easy for scientists and for us to understand how some birds learn to migrate. The Canada geese, for instance, migrate in family groups and flocks. All a young, all a young goose has to do is follow the leader. It is, however, more difficult to apply this in printing to the lesser golden plovers. The adult plovers leave their Arctic nesting grounds by early August and fly southeast to the coasts of Labrador and Nova Scotia, where they linger and lay on fat before beginning the long journey across the Atlantic to South America. Three to six weeks later, their young, who were left behind in the Arctic, follow along the same route to join their parents on the Argentine Pampas. 
How did the young plovers know their way? Doth the hawk fly by thy wisdom? The voice out of the whirlwind asked Job. The implied answer is that the hawk flies by the wisdom given it by God. And so do the young plovers. Isn't that cool? I love thinking about that. I love creation. <clears throat> I love autumn. And I love what it, what it reminds me of. I love the fact that God is good. God is so good. Thanksgiving is a beautiful time of the year. We've talked about a family that come in town, and we're so, la- we're so happy to be here. It's a special year this year. Heidi getting married. And as, you, as you have family in town or go to family or eat a lot of food tomorrow, remember that simple truth. Like I said, it's very clear that most of you here do know that God is good. God is very, very good. <clears throat>